0: This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast. Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed Anniversary Blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand-roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed, and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unboxed Edition tastes any better than the normal Anniversary Blend, That is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I'm joined here today by Gabriel Brangers. Good day. And Robbie Payne. What's up? So, uh, before we get in, we have, a, we have a special guest today. He's actually on the line right now. I told him, I told him, just don't say anything. Just, just stay quiet just, over you there. Just gotta, you, you sit gotta, there. Hush. You just gotta sit there quiet. and be quiet. And... Uh, We're gonna get to him in a second. He's doing a great job with it (laughs) so far. Well, well done. Good job. I was really hoping he would just chime in. (laughs) Hey, good job. Hey, say say hello to everyone, Luke. Hey everyone. Yeah. I (laughs) I, I
1: thought he was
2: gonna give you the silent treatment. Nope. You told him you're quiet. I'm gonna keep. I'm not doing what you tell me to do. (laughs) I,
1: I was on that mute button and. uh, (laughs) <laughs> so well,
0: that's so that's Luke Short, uh, our, our our newest contributing writer um, on the site. You've probably seen some of his articles he's put out. We're gonna we're gonna get to Luke uh, here in here in just a minute. Um, but I, I had to, I, I I told Luke I had one other little kind of housekeeping thing that I wanted to get to before uh, we actually got into the show. Um, and I just want to like we we haven't said it publicly anywhere, and it's official now. So I, I want to say that we are officially moving. Our offices, we're moving in the same building, same building, but we're moving into a new space. That's going to be so much better for us. Like it's just going to be so much better. And as part of that, we'll be able to do our video setup for the podcast. That's the main reason I mention it here. So somebody, if if any of you all are longtime listeners, you've probably heard me talk about this video setup. If you're a patron, you've seen some of the behind the scenes of that, and you've seen some of our test um, video footage that we've done, uh, test recordings. And we love it. The space that we're in right now is what? How wide is this room, if you had to guess? This room? Yeah. Uh, 10 foot, maybe. 11. 11. I don't even think it's Not 10 Not even foot. that, probably. Yeah. That door, is, that door is four, so. Well, these are two, two foot. Two, <laughs> four,
2: six, seven. It's eight foot. Eight foot. Eight foot wide. So,
0: it's really hard to set up a nice shot and have um, some depth in the shot in a room that's eight foot wide yeah it's yep, hard yep. to do with three cameras yeah and, and it's
2: 14 foot long
0: Yeah. It's sort of like we, we've help. got we've got that but uh, the angles like the side angles basically this the, the, yeah, the, the was, angles the tight shots were all jacked up
3: yeah it was it was almost yeah impossible. It be it'd be like filming
0: it in a tunnel yeah, we had the length, just not the width. So it, uh, I'm really stoked. I'm really stoked that we're gonna have this new new setup. We're gonna the video aspect of it too is gonna be great because we've got we've got some some different textures in there. We've got some lighting that we can use when we want. We've got uh, two big two big windows in there. Whenever we podcast, I think we're gonna do it out in that main room. But there's there's also a little side office right next to it. That is gonna um, that's gonna be really great to use. Also, we might end up using that for the podcast. I'm not sure yet. So we'll see. Cool be, things it'd be really awesome
2: If we could make that work, but I just I, I feel like that room is gonna present the same problems this room does. It is a little bit wider, yeah. but not by too not much. much. Um, but ultimately, if that room turns into a great space for all of our storage, and we don't have anything else in the yeah. room. Uh, we'll, we'll have so much
0: functional space to work with. It'll be well, it'll be awesome. like we can, we can have yeah, we c- we can have the main studio. So we call it the big room. I don't know why we just all everyone's what always just sort of called it the big room. It's, the, big, room. Big, it it, it's yeah. the
2: biggest room up here. It, it was it far. was
0: originally kind of like the big uh, co working area, but honestly, it wasn't ever really truly co working. Is it was people sitting at their desks in there when when the marketing firm that we worked for was operating out of this space. Uh, most most of the staff was in there, and yeah, when um, someone new came on board, yeah, they, they got, got a desk shoved out there. in there. Yeah, they <laughs> got a desk out there. Where can <laughs> well, we fit until, another desk until they
2: move? Because I was in there and with some other people. Um, I don't know. Again,
0: yeah. we just ended up filling up this whole space up yeah. here. So, yeah, there was yeah there was there was some co working here and there, but yeah, it's 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 mainly like private offices up here now, which is which is totally cool. Um, private offices and a couple people that have like private desks. There's not many people that kind of pop in and out. So as part of that, you know, the I guess you know their their kind of long term plan has changed a little bit, and so as part of that, you know, we proposed, hey, we can take that room and. We have three offices right now. Well, now we're only going to rent two offices, giving them an extra space technically to rent. Uh, you know, the co working model isn't quite as lucrative with this new setup, but it's still there. I mean, people can still co work in here. And I think they're going to change the landing a little bit to where there's some co working in there. Uh, but. I'm super excited. I'm really, really excited. If I don't sound super excited, it's just because I have allergies and my voice is all messed up right now. But I am very excited. (laughs) Did you play golf yesterday? This is as high as... I did play golf yesterday.
2: This is it. This is is me like forcing like
0: My throat is like scratchy right now. It's not fun. So I'm going to stop talking and and, uh, let you guys talk the rest of the time. Um, But yeah, we're excited. Uh, It's going to be cool. If you are a patron, uh, or if you've thought about becoming a patron, uh, go check it out. Um, We've got uh, definitely some upcoming behind-the-scenes footage of that move and setting up the shot and some of our process that we'll go through to figure out where to film in there, how to set up the podcast, how to set up the simulator, (laughs) Yeah, I all mean, of these things
2: highly important. Yeah, we all to of figure these. where to fit it because the the setup has gotten more chill now with the yeah, golf simulator. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, I think ultimately what's probably I wish be the best dark is, room
0: would work, but it won't work. We're going to call it the dark room. That's the our mid-room? side office. We got the big room and the dark room. It would be it could work,
2: but then we wouldn't have room to put our yeah. like if we store stuff. If we store it smart, kind of on that, maybe on there's the a way we could make that work. But it'd there's be tight. room to
0: swing all the way through in there. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, your width, the width is just enough. Like it's enough. With the sky track because that would be, be
0: best the case. Because then it's dark and we can yeah. we'll use roll, the, we projector the projector at any projector time and just not have to black out the curtains and yeah. everything.
2: I don't know. We, yeah, we got to we'll get see. in there and figure it out because I don't do well with spatial stuff like this
0: at all. Yeah, like yeah I, I, I don't either. I have to, I have to just move things yeah, around and see what it looks like and it. Yep. yeah. So <laughs> sorry. So. So, yeah, we're super excited about that. Like I said, um, it's going to be fun. We're, we're definitely going to be posting some behind-the-scenes stuff over on our Patreon for that, for our very awesome Patreon community. So, uh, if you're interested in that, go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash chroma box Forward slash. I don't know why. Ford. slash. <laughs> <flat. laughs> All righty. Uh, so, hey, let's let's get into the show for this week. So, so, like I said, we've got we've got a very special guest today. We've got we've got Luke Short on the line. Um, Luke is um, a, a, a new our newest contributing writer to the website. Uh, he's got a full time day job that he loves, and we can we can get into that, Luke, if you want. Um, yeah, we should do a little, little, little intro in, stuff. Little That's intro stuff. for sure. Um, but Luke Luke is one of those guys that has been. Um, a Chromebook enthusiast. He's a, a Chrome OS enthusiast. He's a, a developer by trade, and has just been doing cool stuff. And we've seen the stuff that he's been doing. He's reached out. I was actually Luke. I don't. I, I was trying to find your email, and I actually searched your email just in my email, and you had emailed us just to like our info. I don't. I didn't look at the day, but it was a long time ago. And you were like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Like, big fate of your work. Just wanted to let you know I found this, this, and this. <laughs> and so, so Luke's been uh, Luke's been digging around and finding cool stuff for a while, and uh, and we're super excited to have him uh, a, as part of the team and, and contributing articles and and doing research and things that are way above our pay grades. I would. I think I'm speaking for all of us. I, G- Gabe yep. Gabe Gabe knows a lot of this stuff. Uh, but even, even I think some of what Luke does is, uh, is even above that. So, uh, so Luke, welcome, welcome to the Chromecast brother. Hey, thanks so much
1: for, for having me on. And uh, like, honestly, it's been such a treat for me to be part of the team the past few weeks and helping to actually get a few articles out there. So it's, it's really fun. Like I finally have like a group of people who like understands my passion for like Chromebooks and Chrome OS and everything. So it's so fun to like geek out I, I know sometimes i geek out a little too much and maybe i go into uh, a little <laughs> bit too much technical detail and y'all are like glazed over like what is he talking about but uh, <laughs> i love you know, it though yeah yeah i yeah, just love love to share like anything i find and uh, you know just just a lot of interesting stuff out there
0: so. Yeah. So so tell tell folks a little bit about uh like how, I guess how you got into to Chrome OS or how you got interested in Chrome OS and maybe some of your background um in, in what you what you do for a living uh at your at your at your day job as we'll say I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I, I remember I
1: I started college and, and I was looking for uh, you know a good laptop to bring with me to school and uh, Chromebooks really fascinated me they you know they had armed chromebooks back in the day with these long battery lives super lightweight and so i ended up picking up uh, a samsung chromebook one of the early models and it was oh my gosh one of the best laptops i ever owned and you know people people joke back in the day especially like oh it's just a web browser i'm like that that's all i need i just i just need google docs to write some notes i can there's some cool like uh, programs and uh websites out there where i could do some like development work online which was which was neat um so like everything that i needed to do for the most part could be done on that chromebook uh, minus a few things like gaming and stuff but uh it's really nice to see that it's about to change for real soon um
2: yeah and i'm i'm curious too like mm-hmm. you know I, I get the whole um you know, just kind of being intrigued a little bit by them. But I always have a hard time verbalizing exactly what it is about Chromebooks and Chrome OS that, I don't know, makes people um, be intrigued in the first place by them. It's like, yeah, they're, they're inexpensive or it's this different operating system. And and for me, I think a lot of it was the it was just something different. And I tend to be uh, a contrarian about a lot of things. And so I, I don't know. I like things that just end up being different. And I'm curious what if you can distill down for you like what it was that actually attracted you to the devices themselves other than like the price like what getting away from windows or getting away from linux or getting away from mac os like what is it for you that that makes that like yeah this is something i want to dig into this is something i'm interested in
1: i think at the very beginning it was probably more so i was looking for something that's that's minimalist something that just gets the job done. I was like, this this is the tool that's going to help me get through through college, and it certainly helped. And there there are certain pitfalls with that, but um, didn't matter. I still loved it uh, every bit the same. And you know, over over the years, as I got more into my career, just getting more experience and, and learning more about kind of Linux and the internals of that, uh, my interest for how Chromium. OS like Chrome OS works in the background has grown exponentially, and for the past like year or two, I've been wanting to to solve these like hard problems. Like okay, you know, on my on my Linux desktop when I'm I'm running Arch Linux, I I do these things like I modify the kernel, I can install custom packages, I can do all this stuff, and I've been wanting to in, in recent times step outside the boundary of what like pure Chrome OS provides, and, and that's where I've been having a lot of fun with the tinkering, f- being like, where can we take this? How can I make this even better of an experience? And I think it'd be one day really fun to just have, like, a Chromium OS fork out there that has a lot of bells and whistles kind of set up oh, yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, the the tinkering aspect of it has really become my favorite thing. It's oh, just, cool. like... You know Google gives me this base platform, but how can I extend its
0: capabilities yeah <laughs> and 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 you've uh even we'll we'll get into this maybe a little later yeah. uh, you've taken that to the extreme uh, which is <laughs> which is very very cool man uh so what's your tell tell folks a little bit about like your what's your what's your day job what are you doing um uh, outside of uh, working tinkering on chrome os stuff
1: absolutely so Um, I I work for VMware. I'm a senior cloud solutions architect. Um, Also, disclaimer, I'll drop in here right here. All all views and opinions are my own and don't reflect (laughs) VMware at all. Just covering my bases here. There Uh, we go. Yeah. (laughs) Love my job. VMware is such an amazing company. Very supportive, very inclusive. Uh, They give you all the tools and everything you need to be successful. There's so much emphasis on self-motivation you figuring out your own work figuring out what to do what's best to help the company and yourself and i really love that i feel so supported here and um my my day job composes of um a lot of interaction with customers uh with potential customers talking about you know what's what value can our cloud products provide to them how we can help get them onboarded and uh switch from these legacy monolithic applications these Big bloated things to something that's cloud-native, something that can scale super easily, super fast on the cloud. So, like a great example, I like to go to <clears throat> uh, is normally a Black Friday sale, but instead, let me let me say Steamdeck.com. Steamdeck. We'll get more into that a little bit later today. But
0: <laughs> yes. new
1: device coming out today, uh, <clears throat> they're probably going to get slammed with traffic. So. <clears throat> being able to handle the millions of users that are going to connect to their website today for pre-orders that's the kind of solutions that i come in and help solve is how do we make sure your site doesn't crash and make sure that it's it's fast it's available and that the end users won't even know that there's uh, essentially thousands of containers in the background serving your application to handle demand and it scales accordingly so yeah. um, cloud computing is what I specialize in. And uh, I've also been a developer for many years. So I bring that experience with me where I can, you know, I can talk to the executives about you know, what the needs of their company might be, um, as well as talk directly to the, cus- uh, the developers and understand their needs and walk them through this kind of technology transformation that their company is going
0: through. This is yeah. all very exciting stuff to me. Yeah, I know it, it. It's very cool. And in in early in our interactions, you know, we could tell that you had this ability to take the 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 technical, the super technical, and, and distill it and and communicate in a way that people understand it. And for us, you know, obviously, we always say we're just we're just trying to spread the gospel of cloud computing and and being able to do things on the internet with a Chromebook and. And, you know, so you're you're kind of you're, you're you've got this perfect background to, to I think, contribute awesome uh, knowledge out there uh, on our site. And so, yeah, I just like I wanted you to explain a little bit of that background because it's it's very cool. And uh, and yeah, it's it's cool work that you're doing. So let's let's dig into a couple of these uh, these articles that you've already put out uh, on the site. Which one do we want to start with? Which was the first one you said? Uh, Mushu, I, I guess. Yeah, we could. Get, well, yeah, let's say, talk he about that. You mentioned the Steam yeah. Deck too, so, so
2: either one, yeah. either one would work.
3: They, they all play play well together. So yeah, yeah so t- t- tell people
2: about Mushu and uh, what it is and why it's exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you folks said, there's a lot of synergy between all this all this exciting news that's been coming out, and this week. Honestly, I've, I, this is the happiest week this year for me. I've just been, like, so <laughs> excited. I can't even tell you. Uh, Mushu. Mushu is such an interesting one. Um, I believe uh, Robbie or or maybe even Gabriel, uh, someone, a chromophilic. Yeah, I think it was Robbie. I don't yeah, I don't, you. know. I, don't, I don't know. We forget. Okay
0: it was what written it? about
2: <laughs> at some point. someone wrote
0: an article on our website yes <laughs> yeah we
3: gave up competing a long time ago there's always plenty of work to be done so we just
2: Absolutely. do what needs to be done
1: yeah <laughs> I have see. An endless. February. i did it february
3: 4th
2: <laughs> uh yeah february 4th february 4th yep two articles about it but yeah back in february of 2020
1: wow yeah, it's so interesting. There hasn't been a lot of news on it since then, um, which you know I, I I'll get into into a second into that into a second because I, I have some theories on that. Um, but Mushu, Mushu is is such an odd device. We knew it was based off of Hatch, which means it's a 10th gen Intel Comic Lake processor. But the interesting part is that there seem to be a few commits going in, hinting at a potential discrete graphics processing unit, DGPU, uh, which means it would be a, a serious gaming computer, uh, which is really cool and exciting. Um, so one what, what of the kind of projects I've been getting into was building Chromium OS from scratch. And I've been learning so much about that and how to customize and configure it. It's been such a mind-blowing journey. And as part of that, uh, you know, I was just poking through like a bunch of the like Build files for that, and I came across the Mushu build configuration, and that clearly listed um, that it was using an AMD uh, GPU, which was really interesting. And um, it said it was a it was a Vega twelve, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of a Vega twelve. I I know of a Vega eleven. You can buy that. It's uh, normally in like desktop graphics cards. excuse me, desktop um, processors as an integrated graphics for, for AMD, the Vega 11. Um, but this is a full-on, separate, dedicated graphics card. Um, and a few people were actually tweeting me last night. They, they corrected me. Um, Lacuza, in particular, on Twitter. Thank you very much, Lacuza. Um, let me know that <laughs> Vega 12 is actually a code name for... Um, two different graphics cards, the AMD Radeon Pro 16 and the AMD Radeon Pro 20, which actually appears in the MacBook Pros of 2018. So um, those are actually pretty decent. Uh, I, I have uh, a MacBook Pro from 2019, and it's not exactly the same graphics card. It is It is different. Um, but that thing, that thing can play games. <laughs> it's, right, it's,
2: right. It's, that, that's the end of the at the end of it. Like, can it play some games or not? Like, yeah, yes. right, Because yeah. so, GPUs can get you can get in the weeds with all the different ones that do this, that, or the other. It's like, yeah, can I? I may not be able to play it at four K, sixty frames, or you know, one hundred forty four hertz, or any of that stuff. But you know, can I? Can I reasonably play some games on this thing? I think it's the end. And so it sounds like you're saying yes to that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That is that's a great summary because you know, we got we got these like Tiger Lake processors that came out that have really really good integrated graphics now. Um, but even with that, you can expect like modern games you're going to be playing on like low best case scenario maybe medium settings. Like this is something you can actually like crank the settings to like high and max if right. you're going to have a full graphics card to your your disposal there.
2: And that's I, that's insane to me to think about that. Being a thing on a Chromebook,
3: like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it to me. It feels like such a, a jump forward because we've seen some benchmarks on uh, some Windows laptops that have the uh, Tiger Lake processors in them and those uh, I, those Iris graphics. <laughs> They're running games really well, but guys who are serious hardcore gamers are gonna get on that and they're gonna immediately notice that a lot of the games are, are having to be dumbed down. They're still very playable, but they're dumbed down from what they're used to. Right. This could take take gaming on Chrome West to a completely different level. I mean oh, for sure. especially when you look at the stuff that Luke's uncovered about uh, Steam and Proton and the way and the stuff that he knows about how all of that works. The uh, the quality and the uh, capability of what Chrome OS and Borealis will be able to do will be very, very close to what people are already experiencing on non-Chrome OS devices, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, which... I, I thought it was so funny. I, um, <laughs> I shared it out on Reddit, and I don't know if that was a good or bad thing, but all the Reddit comments are always very interesting and colorful, uh, one of the top comments was like, oh, like this graphics card is, is trash. And, you know, I want the best of the best of the best graphics card in the Chromebook. And and for me, it's like the, having a graphics card at all is a huge step for Chromebooks. Sure, And yes, for what their, this is, it's, it's, um, I, as I said in the article, it'd make a great mid-range gaming laptop without breaking the bank and I think I think that's the focus here is that they don't need the best graphics card; they want something that's affordable something that's in reach of most consumers
2: and I'm curious too like looking at um since this device has been in development for so long I mean we're talking the same time frame as the Galaxy Chromebook starting development as the Galaxy Chromebook 2 you know the last year's flagship Chromebooks all that kind of stuff you know, there's even a chance that this device ends up just being something that they're testing, that they're uh, developing Borealis on, and that we start seeing this pop up in other uh, Chromebooks. I, it, it's interesting to think about any company launching a 10th gen Intel-based Chromebook at this point in 2021 or later. Uh, that seems like a, that would be a strange move, but, you know, this could be a development device that's being used to test and, and get Borealis up and running, which I do We've talked about Borealis here, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it may be worth explaining, yeah. maybe moving on to explain a little bit about what it is and, and why it's important. And we'll kind of use that as a maybe a move to get to this Steam Deck thing right. here in a second. But, you know, like, have you seen anything, Luke, in in the repositories at this point that would lead to either A, Mushu being like, hey, we're, this thing's going to get produced, or B, this is definitely just a, a reference device that's being tested so that, Borealis can be better uh, in the future.
1: Absolutely, that's a good question, and it can go either way at this point. We honestly don't have enough information, and you're totally right. It could just be development boards. Could be like kind of a stepping stone for them of actually looking to like, okay, what what would this device look like? How would this work from a technology point standpoint? Which especially for Chrome OS, because they like to lock things down. Um, things get really complicated when you try to, you know, enable those graphics and everything. So, right, uh, th- you know, this is definitely something that I'm sure has been in the works for years. Uh, this could definitely be a, a dev unit, um, but, I, you know, not sure
3: yeah. but on the flip side of that i mean tiger lake is incredible and a lot of that is the 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 new gpu that intel has put out the processor itself the cpu side of it is really really good too but comet lakes by no means a slouch i mean no, we'll, we'll I mean, see using one right yeah now. we'll see plenty of we'll see more comet lake device. we just we just unearthed uh, a uh, Comet Lake Chrome base this morning from Duly. HP. Yeah, Dually, with the rotating display and everything, but we'll see more Comet Lake devices, and if AMD's GPU brings more graphics processing power to the table than Iris XE graphics, then these manufacturers could make 10th gen devices and aim them at gamers or aim them at people using Linux that need that GPU. Because, you know, no, it's not the latest and greatest from Intel, but from a graphics standpoint, it's better. And it'll be more cost effective because it's a chip that's a year and a half old, not the one that just came out three months ago. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think back to the the chip shortage as well. You know, I mm-hmm. wonder if good, Intel good just point. has like a surplus of 10th gen. They just need to get out the door. And 11th gen is probably, you know, there are a lot of Tiger Lake Chromebooks announced mm-hmm. that we know of, and you know, we've barely seen any of those hit the market. And yep. gosh, I've been itching for one <laughs> for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a few of them that I know the AC CX9 is is high on the list around oh. here.
1: Oh my gosh. I remember when you, you folks reported about that for CES this year, I was like, yep, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. And, <laughs> I think uh, it's
3: the one for a lot of people.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's yeah. just
3: gone ghosted. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, actually, I've been, I mean, to talk to you folks about this. I actually found, uh, it's on sale in Germany and I did the conversion rate for it. And, um, I think it's for the, the one I wanted with slightly more storage and stuff. It's, uh 1800 us dollars it is Oof. it is expensive is that,
3: yeah but if that is that <laughs> i7 half a terabyte it probably yeah, yeah It's yeah I 1800 bucks for that and 16 gigs of ram yeah that's pretty reasonable honestly i know go ahead and buy it and let us know <laughs> We've got, we know some people in germany don't we <laughs> i want to go i want to go back to germany
1: there you go just pick one that's up. what i gotta do i gotta yeah. go
3: i'm going grab one
1: it's a perfect plan. All,
2: right. yeah. All right, so um, yeah, let's let's transition now and talk a little bit then about um, well, if you don't care, give us give us a little bit of rundown as just some of the stuff that you've encountered so far with Borealis. So maybe a little overview about what uh, what we think we can expect whenever this does finally show up, um, and then. I don't know, uh, just kind of what your hopes are for it. And I think that's going to transition us really well into this whole idea of the uh, Steam Deck.
1: Yeah. So Borealis, in its simplest form, is just a way to enable Steam to run as optimal as possible on a Chromebook and within the constraints of the the security that Chromebooks have. So we traditionally are used to the Christini Linux environment. So you have... It starts up a virtual machine. And inside the virtual machine, it starts up a container. So you have all these different layers of security that's really hard that if a malicious application wants to spread some virus onto your you know, your actual Chromebook, it's basically impossible. It's, it's right. a similar model that Google takes and uses in the enterprise as well for their servers, which is kind of cool to see it also in the consumer space. Right. So with that, there are some complications. I mean, it was only just Uh, you know, like a year or two ago, like not too long ago, that we finally got like graphics acceleration on Chromebooks. And um, that was specifically only for a graphics library called OpenGL, which has historically been kind of the um, open standard alternative to like DirectX that's seen on on Windows. Right. And... They've recently added in Vulkan support that's experimental. We haven't been able to completely get that working. I feel like we're so close. Um, (laughs) But a comparison I like to do is think of OpenGL as like DirectX 9. So we're talking like Windows XP era of of graphics. And then Vulkan provides DirectX 12 Ultimate uh, so we're talking like Windows 10, Windows 11, latest Xbox game console, like that kind of level and fidelity of graphics are, are coming. <laughs> um, that's
2: that's yeah, that's it. And I've not heard that specific uh, way of putting it. So, yeah, that's insane. Uh, the, the difference between the two there, obviously, I mean, it didn't take most people have that reference to be able like, hmm, what were things like in Windows XP? And what are things like now when we right. talk about graphic support and gaming and, and that kind of stuff? And so, yeah, if we're talking about those kind of libraries and that difference in, in ability, I mean, that's that's kind of staggering.
1: Yeah, it's we could literally get like ray traced, realistic lighting graphics, which has been kind of all the rage the past like year or two. Um, we right. could see that on a Chromebook one day, like thanks to to all this work that's been going into. It's uh, been sponsored by by Valve and Google. Um, valve google and um oh their name is looting me um well, they they have some other partner that they contract out for a lot of a lot of the back-end work hmm. um, and they've done the bulk of the graphics optimizations and even getting the vulcan support working too which okay um i thought a year ago you know something like that would have been impossible like from a technology standpoint it's like it's ambitious. It's it's hard to do, um, and kudos to them for being able to figure that out and actually have it working. <laughs> so, you know, uh, wrapping this all up, uh, you know, Bor- Borealis. It, it's a different take. Uh, as as far as we know, the last build of it had Ubuntu, but uh, with this whole Steam Deck announcement, they might be switching to a new operating system, Steam OS, uh, which I really hope they would do and it would make a lot of sense for them
3: right and that makes more sense to me because uh, the way chrome os from my understanding the way they're using containers and stuff with like parallels and crostini it would be so much easier for them to just create a custom space for steam os to run instead of trying to customize the existing ubuntu or debian to handle Steam, it seems like that would be more natural, and um, you obviously have a much better grasp of that than I do. But
1: that seems like the the better path, I guess. Yeah, I've I've seen arguments for both sides of the story. You know, some people are like, oh you know, if I'm just going to use like Linux or anything related to Linux, I just want like a single, single kind of point of entry for that. But like I, you know, I think you're absolutely right there. I think the use cases for these are are kind of very different. The Christini container uses Debian Linux, which is historically known as being like rock solid. Because this is one of the most stable Linux distributions. Google themselves, that's what they want to support. They want to make sure if you're using Linux, it's going to work. Uh, it's not going to have bugs. Uh, Val's taking a little bit more of an ambitious approach with, with SteamOS because it's based off of Arch Linux, which is a rolling release distribution. That just means that it gets the latest updates first before anyone else. And, you know, you you don't there's not this upgrade cycle from like Windows 10 to like Windows 11 that you traditionally see. It's just you run an update and you're on the latest version and you should always technically be on the latest version is kind of the recommendation there. So it's. It's really interesting to see that that's coming for SteamOS. And you know they've definitely put in a lot of tweaks to their operating system to optimize it for gaming as much as possible, uh, something you're not going to see in the vanilla Debian container. So I, I think there will be a separation between the two.
2: And so uh, it, let me ask you this, because this is something I think that we've, we've somewhat assumed um, with all of this stuff is that you know ultimately chromebooks can uh leverage these custom containers so we've got the the crostini container which is is housing uh debian uh linux and then we've got the parallels container which is housing a specific build of windows and then now we've got borealis coming uh we've got that new android uh, arc vm container that houses obviously the framework for android uh is that the same type of thing that Borealis is going to do from what you've seen from a technical perspective? Is is this a customized container that's built to hold whatever it is, so if they go with SteamOS versus, you know, Ubuntu or, or Debian or whatever, you know, is is that what Borealis technically is is going to become? Because, you know, we talk quite a bit about containers and how unique uh, Chromebooks are because they can you know, we're starting to see it's like, hey, you want to build something to run on a Chromebook. Go build your own container, you know, customize the container to optimize it for this thing. Is that what we're seeing with Borealis?
1: Yeah, and I, I think Borealis even takes it one step further with, you know, all this work that they're doing with the integration of, you know, we, we saw that there's like this game mode support to make sure that the games run as much as possible. The fact that, you know, they've put a lot of work and effort into this, this Vulkan pass-through uh, stuff which is also going to benefit Christini, It's also going to benefit uh, the Android VM that's coming as well. There's there's a lot of similarities and synergy between all this that's going on. And that's um, cool. W- one thing I would like to point out though is that the technology is very Linux specific, meaning that unfortunately this graphics acceleration will not be extended to Windows. And as far as I know, I, I'm don't think that the windows vm even has any graphics acceleration i've used it and i'm going to (laughs) confirm no it does not don't get
3: me wrong it works well but there's a reason they're only marketing this to enterprise because you have to have a pretty beefy Chromebook for it to run. Well, I mean, you can make it run on anything. I've I've installed a, a VM and ran Windows on a, on a budget device, but for it to be lucrative enough for businesses to actually use it and their employees not go walk out into traffic, you're talking $1,500 devices. So yeah, there's definitely no, no
0: GPU support going on there. And employees walking into traffic is not good. For, uh, no, that's overall, not conducive of uh, having a good business. <laughs> but
3: yeah, because if you've used Parallels, when you set it up, you actually select the number of cores and the RAM that you're going to allot to it. There, is, There's no GPU stuff happening whatsoever. So you're getting whatever raw power you can get from the chip, and that's it.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, an interesting thing about how Wine and Proton works for running your, your Windows games and Linux is that it sets up... Um, basically, you can think of it as a container, uh, but it, it sets up a directory full of Windows files that's um, you know, open source, clean room, reverse engineered, um, working on for, for over 20 years now, I believe, uh, this, this amazing project called Wine. And um, it, it's so lightweight because there's you know, people have this misconception. It's actually uh, Wine stands for Wine is not an emulator because it's not an emulator it's not trying to um, fake CPU instructions it's not trying to um, do too much it just translates uh, you know Windows libraries into something that Linux can read and understand and so with that there's very little overhead and you know instead of having like a 20 30 gig Windows installation the Directory that contains all those Windows files. It's only like three hundred megabytes, which is incredible. <laughs> and and then uh, like Valve has actually um, hit in the past for Proton, every single time you run a game, it would basically install a new Windows specifically for that game. Um, and to be more conservative about space, it makes way more sense now that we're getting some portable device that's constrained on on space. Uh, they've actually set it up so you just have one fake installation of Windows, and all of your games kind of use that to run off of.
3: Hmm.
2: Well, since we're we're kind of moving into that that realm, uh, do <laughs> Great it, Joe, do it, Do we want to take uh, a break real quick before we we move into uh, a Steam Deck, which is insanely awesome looking?
0: Let's take a quick break for an ad, and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unboxed. That's C A M E Y O dot com slash unboxed or click the link down in the show notes. Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. The guys were laughing at me for my quick transition there. I just, <laughs> I've got this allergy thing going on. I, I call it the Kentucky crud. <laughs> Yep, just too got, much time outside, and you pay just for it. Got the good old I was fashioned outside all Kentucky last, crud all night. That's last night, and it, I'm okay. I don't know. I'd, okay. I've got I got a little something going on. So, um, so yeah, let's let's kind of pick up right where we left off. Left off. You were um, you as we were kind of in, yeah. in the break there. You were talking about yeah, we this were, kind of we're transition, kind of
2: getting ready to transition into an article that uh, we published this morning, actually uh, that that Luke wrote. Uh, it's about a, a handheld gaming device. Um, it's got bigger implications, though, I think, for uh, Chromebooks than a lot of people would probably look at. And, and granted, we're, again, we're Chromebook enthusiasts, so we tend to see and read between the lines a lot of times when something happens. It's It'd be easy to go, oh, cool, there's this device, and this is what it's going to do, and I'm, I am or am not going to buy it and move on. Uh, but the implications are pretty big, given that wh- everything we've talked about up to this point, between Borealis and discrete GPUs, or dedicated GPUs for Chromebooks and you know uh, the development of Borealis and the container and and Vulcan support and all these things they all matter and the kind of culmination of this particular device that that uh, valve is is getting ready to launch I think will have a a bunch of implications for everything that we just talked about, helping some of those things move forward. So I'm gonna kind of seed that over to to Luke and and let you explain a little bit about what this device is and why uh, it matters uh, for gaming and why it matters for Linux, why it matters for Steam, and then why that all matters for Chrome OS.
1: Let me first preface this by saying I have literally five different reminders that are gonna go off (laughs) When it's time to pre order this device. at what time? What time is that? It is uh ten Pacific. Ten AM Pacific.
2: You know, so at one o'clock. <clears> we better <throat> be off here or else his alarms are gonna get all loud. Off record, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna lose Luke anyway,
3: off record. Do you done. handle their uh cloud infrastructure? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: they might need some help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, uh who
3: I, was it? We melted someone. Uh, droplet. droplet, droplet. Yeah, we mel- droplet. we should have had them call you before we published that. We <laughs> melted their servers when we wrote an article about yeah. and that
2: was that was a Chromebook container before Chromebook containers were that's a, a thing. thing.
3: Yeah, I think I don't know what happened oh, to them. They've kind of fell I silent. They, I think they got probably just demolished. They got with, paralleled. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah.
2: Anywho, sorry. I, so yeah, it, it, tell us a little bit about this thing.
1: Yeah, the, the Steam Deck is such a fascinating device. It, imagine the form factor of a Nintendo Switch. you got your screen, your controllers on the side, but it's a full-blown PC computer that you can even dock. And this is a gaming device. This is a gaming device built by Valve. There's, they, the CEO, um, in an interview yesterday, was talking about how Uh, they're they're selling it at a loss they're treating this like a game console they're paying so much more for production they just want to get this into the hands of the people and i mean i'm sure ultimately the goal is is you know they want to get people on the steam platform buying their games getting to that ecosystem and um I gotta tell you, everyone I've talked to about this device is just floored. Everyone wants it. Every single person in the gaming community wants this device. As, as far of as of course,
2: I've I mean, read. gosh, I'm sitting here looking at the 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 website for it and just the they got these like painting shots just showing it to you. I'm like, I, I I'm not even a real gamer,
3: like, and oh, I want it. Yeah. yeah definitely we'll put it in the show notes but definitely watch the uh i guess the the keynote or the video that they put out on youtube yesterday just him talking about it it's it it's so awesome
1: (laughs) yeah this this thing is is incredible and uh, it even it features uh the steam controller had this really weird instead of a, a traditional analog stick on the right it had a like a like a mouse touchpad instead and they've They've said that they've, they've been working on that, they've been iterating on that over the years, and they finally, they brought that back in the form of this, of this Steam Deck. And so um, both the left and right thumb can either use a uh, thumbstick or touch pads. And Which
3: I love. Can you imagine yeah. just granular aiming with the touchpad? Well, oh, like, that's yeah. that's what I
2: love about mobile gaming. I love playing first-person shooters on mobile, and people act like that's some sort of terrible thing. I'm like, <laughs> the the precision you can have with your thumbs approaches, especially when you mix in like gyroscopic aiming on phones, approaches that what you could get with a mouse and keyboard. I mean, it's you can get so precise. Um, so quickly versus the, what feels really kind of, I don't know, um, blunt with thumbsticks to yeah. me. Like, I just I don't think there's any comparison between the two. And so, this thing basically gives you all of them. It's like, here's a touch screen, here are touch pads, and here are thumbsticks. Pick your poison. And heck, you, I guess you could dock it and play with a mouse and keyboard, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you can. They, they so have I'm videos. Like, Holy up. crap! Yeah, it's, uh, it's a laptop replacement, it's what it is. It's, it's, oh, 100%. It, yeah, um, and, and the, talking about the gyroscope thing too, they've implemented that here as well. And in oh. an IGN um, kind of quick overview of it, uh, they tried it out. They were playing a first person sh- shooter, Doom Eternal, and they're yeah. like, "Yeah, this thing's precise. This thing rocks!" Like,
2: oh my god, oh my,
1: they they did it. <laughs> they like perfected the mouse on there. Um, and so that for me, what I love most about this is that it's not limited to Steam. They they've openly said you can you can install Epic Game Store on here. You can install whatever. It's it's a full Linux operating system. You can you once you dock it or even on the device yourself if you hook up like a like a keyboard or use the on screen keyboard, there's a start menu. You can install programs. It's it's they've made the experience very familiar and make it it, it looks and feels a little bit like Windows. So you know, whether you want to use it as a desktop computer or take it with you on the go, you have options there. Just like the Nintendo Switch, you can, you can put it up to your TV, you can put it up to a computer monitor, you can take it on the go. Whatever suits you. on You're
2: that making that me time. want to buy one. Yeah, so he
3: <laughs> mentioned in the video, I caught him say and something about Robbie's other, gonna buy yeah, one. other OSs. Is, is, I mean, is that is that like a like a dual boot scenario or something? Can
1: you install another operating system? Like in parallel with this? Let me share this quote from the developers. And I think this puts this really into good context is that this isn't trying to be a game console. Right. It it is a PC that happens to be in a small form factor. So it's just like any normal computer. You can install any operating system you want. So you could wipe SteamOS, install Windows 10 or 11 on top, or you could dual boot it as well. The option's yours.
2: Hmm. So let let me ask you this. Have you already started thinking about how you're going to get your custom Chromium OS fork that you're going to build in some sort of dual boot scenario here?
1: Oh. um, Dual booting Chromium OS is really hard. Chrome Chrome OS likes to take over the entire hard drive. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah. But there mm. there are some workarounds. Um, but that, that's interesting. No, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, because that's
3: my goal is that, you know, Atari just launched that the VCS that came out a couple of months ago. And I had written an article months back about this will be my new Chromebox because they, they specifically say on, like, their Kickstarter page and stuff, you'll be able to install various OS's and Chrome OS is on there. Now I'm sure it's not officially Chrome OS, but I believe that they are, they're touting it as you can install Chromium OS on this thing. So I'm going to try that.
1: Oh, that's super cool.
2: Well, like I'm thinking like if if you could get some version of Chromium OS on this thing, then that's, you'd bring it, you know, you tote this thing around, play your games on it, slap it into a dock, put a keyboard and mouse with it. And you've got, what amounts to a Chromebook here?
3: If only we knew Absolutely. someone that could build CUOS for mm, us. If only. Like Chrome Unboxed OS. If only.
0: Hmm. If yeah. Only. hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would huh. be
2: really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You know what? what, <laughs> what the the <laughs> brain even goes, and this is way down the road. Like, this isn't going to happen right now. But, okay, right. so Borealis gets better and better and better. Okay, the, the, the Steam container on Chrome OS just gets better and better and better. What's to stop someone from making something, a Chromebook device that's something like this, that's this uh, portable thing that is built to play games um, and that kind of stuff. But when you want to dock it and get work done, also, that is a thing and, and you can do it uh, so along
3: the same lines as a Chrome phone, only a little bit bigger same and yeah. geared towards gaming. Absolutely. I mean, one day, if, like the, if the Borealis container is good enough, why not? Anyway.
1: So. Absolutely. Valve was very th- open about saying that the, the Steam Deck is uh, the first iteration of what they hope will be kind of a new industry. I mean, there's, there's been portable PC uh, gaming devices like this in the past. This is revolutionary because it is supported by Valve, and it's at such an affordable price. And yeah. they hope that this sparks innovation in the marketplace they said they will continue to make iterations on this device over time where it makes sense, and they're also going to be working with partner manufacturers on helping them explore how to adopt and take this too. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see how far this goes and if it even leaks into um, the the Chrome OS ecosystem as well. Would be very interesting.
2: So let's talk then a little bit about the implications then for a device like this, which seems very, I mean, I know I just made a ridiculous uh, uh, statement about the idea that a Chromebook would ever have this, adopt this sort of form factor. I mean, that's almost ludicrous at this point, uh, just as silly almost as a, a Chrome phone or whatever. Uh, but there, there are true and serious uh, implications here with this device for Chromebooks. Uh, there are things that this this device is going to help move forward that are going to make a big difference for users of Chrome OS. So can we, let, let's talk about those for a little bit.
1: Absolutely. So let, let me start with the most important and impactful thing. If you look at Steam's library today, it has over 50,000 games. I think last time I checked, it was like 52,000 something. Um, so they have many other things. They have music. They have movies and stuff. doesn't include that. That is just games, over 50,000. According to ProtonDB.com, which lists people submit their own reports about, does this game run on, on Linux using Proton or not? And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll also provide helpful tips like, oh, hey, you know, if you do this trick, then you can get it to work because not every game works. And, and so we're looking at, as of today, 81% of games on Steam work on Linux.
2: Well, look, if, if you don't care, uh, just because I don't know that we've ever talked about this particular thing on uh, the podcast, explain sure. quickly what Proton is um, and what they've been doing over the last few years with that
1: project. Yeah. So Proton started in 2018, three years ago. And the focus behind that was to add functionality into Steam for if you're playing on a Linux device, you can... Uh, essentially unlock your entire windows library as well you can play any of your Linux or windows games this provides a compatibility layer that makes it so that linux can understand um, what the, the the windows language of sorts uh, okay. so it's it's supposed to be a, a push button solution to playing your windows games you you won't the end goal for them is you won't even notice it's running through this compatibility layer. It'll just be like as if you're installing on Windows. You just hit install, you hit play, and that's it. That's all there is to it.
2: At the end of the day, if uh, again, I'm not a huge gamer, but at the end of the day, most games on Steam are are compatible with Windows. There's a handful that are made where the developer made it to where it just runs natively on Linux, but that's that's generally not the the rule. It's usually a it's a it's a Windows playground. Correct.
1: Yeah, most games are designed and made for Windows and Valve is really big on backwards compatibility too. So they want to make sure that all of your like retro games from, you know, Windows XP era and all, they want to make sure those will continue to work too, because there's no hope of that ever getting a Linux port, right? So right, right, right. Uh, having this compatibility layer helps out in that area. And where we see the biggest impact to Borealis here. Is, is this wonderful quote The Valve re- released uh, a kind of a press release video talking about some more of the specifics and the technology. And to quote, they said, our goal is for every game to work by the time we ship Steam Deck. End quote. Holy cow. That's and, amazing. Yeah. That's December. December is the ship date. They want every single game to work. Now, 100% I wouldn't say they'll get to 100. Uh, percent However, I like based off of other things I've been I've been reading and seeing. I think they're going to get darn close. So the which is
2: which is bonkers. Uh, honestly, I mean yeah. to be running stuff through a compatibility layer that works well enough to take advantage of the hardware. I mean you got to think there's just so many factors to consider between processor and memory and and now you've got things like the Steam Deck with all these different. Types of inputs and and it's just a lot. There's just a lot of factors to consider with a compatibility layer, and and they're talking about nearly a hundred percent a rate of, of of success here, making this work.
1: Yeah, it's you know they're at eighty one percent compatibility right now, and it's that that last mile is the longest mile. Like it's it's the hardest for them to overcome. I didn't think. That a lot of these hard problems they're trying to solve would be solved so soon, but they're solving them. Hmm. So that's amazing. Yeah, it absolutely amazing. Kudos to Valve. Um, they they have putting so much work and effort into this. I mean they they've literally been throwing money at Linux for a long time. Um, they're literally throwing money away for every unit they sell of Steam Deck. So like, I, I hats off to them for for basically just um, you know putting so much time and effort into this.
2: And so some of these implications might be clarifying already for some people that are listening, but if you don't care, can, you know, continue like, okay, so great. Good for steam deck. Good for valve neat. Lots of windows games are going to be able to be played on here, but now, now how do we tie that back to Chromebooks, Chrome OS? How does this impact, uh, users that are, that are in the ecosystem that, that frankly we care the most about?
1: Absolutely. So steam deck, it runs Linux, it runs steam OS, which is based off of Arch Linux and it's basically launches Steam into big picture mode and what they're going to do is they're going to enable Proton for all of the games on Steam by default which is something they haven't done before.
2: Right, right. It's like a whole step thing you got to do right now to make it work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have an article up about that and there's yeah, there are a few different steps to it. So that's going to be streamlined. And more importantly, all of these improvements that are going into Proton to help out the Steam Deck, help out everyone else. They're helping out Linux gamers. And more importantly, what we care about here, it's helping out Borealis. It's helping out. Sorry. <laughs> that literally scared <laughs> and Luke, me. Luke's done. <laughs>
2: he fell down. Oh my
1: god. I dropped my mic. <laughs> Not yet, Luke. You got to get to the conclusion, then you got can drop it. the mic. Yes, yes. Please, let's keep that it. <laughs> oh, it's staying. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I dropped the mic. I'm done. Okay, but now, now I'm back. <laughs> and and continue. <laughs> yeah. So so the the big thing here is that is that proton is going to be on borealis that's how you're going to be able to play all of your your games on your steam library including your windows games so anything that's going into proton is going to improve the steam deck and it's going to improve borealis so if 100 percent of games are going to work on the steam deck then 100 percent of games are going to work on borealis and that my friends is huge Well, yeah because if you think about it, if you think
2: about if they launch borealis they get the, the container's working really well, and GPU support's great, and you know, you click it, it just runs, things work the way you're supposed to. Ultimately, the end consumer, most consumers, aren't really going to care that much about how you got there, That you know, whatever. I can play games on my Chromebook, cool. I can play Steam games. I've heard of Steam, I want to launch Steam and, and play some games. They're going to click it, they're going to click install, and they're going to play the game. If the game works really well, then great, but at the end of the day, if that library is limited to the ones that have the little (laughs) linux icon on them then that that's not the same steam experience that people using that people are used to If if they're coming from they had an old windows device or something and they used to play some steam games and then they go oh cool i can play steam games and they click in here and they only can install stuff that can be played on linux that's a very very small library. I mean, we've installed Linux over the years multiple times on Chromebooks, so I know from firsthand experience how limiting that library is. I mean, my my personal small library of of games on Steam, only a couple of them are technically Linux games, and I've I've got some that I've bought. See, that I don't play like any stuff. of mine.
3: Are now that I think about it, and I I'm, and I, I don't have a huge library, but I have right. a good amount, and they're all they're all Windows stuff. Yeah, so. and
2: we've we've tried the the whole. Proton thing multiple times. And without or without Vulcan, it's just been broken. Uh, and so I the whole Proton thing to me was always like, I, I don't know if they're really ever going to deliver on that. And now this thing's come along. And I mean, obviously, Valve is taking a lot of claim in this device. They're selling it at a loss. And they're dedicated to getting Proton, not just functioning, but clearly it's like, the highlight it's the star of the show it's it's right up front and and they know good well most games are going to be running through this layer for this thing now that they're selling that's it's not a chromebook it's not a side piece of the chrome os ecosystem this is front and center this is going to be a big deal kind of a big splash and so that means that they feel confident in in proton and that's really awesome to think about because if proton was a thing for just linux laptops you know, no no offense to Linux users, but there's just not a bunch of them. Let's be honest, there's just not a ton of Linux uh, devices out there where people are playing games. Developers see that, that's why a lot of games haven't been written for it. And so there was part of me always with Borealis. It was a little concerned mm-hmm. that, yay, Borealis is here and we can play Linux games on Steam, which makes me just kind of shoulder shrug a little bit. Like, yeah, uh, and Chromebooks aren't, they're not the the hardware uh, position that you need to make. A big splash with linux gaming steam gaming like even if it's a good experience if it's limited to games that are on linux only it just wasn't ever going to be enough and i knew that and so it's always just been in the back of my mind like yeah this will be cool but i just i don't know and now with this coming out yeah I'm realizing that they are so close to this 100 percent compatibility goal that they're looking for by the end of the year and now Borealis comes out with all the stuff that that Luke's been uncovering to see like this isn't just a, a side project. They've really poured some effort and time into this, and they're going to make it good. And now you're going to be able to also play those Windows games on it with discrete GPUs and Tiger Lake GPUs. And it's like, holy cow! All of this is coming together. Like this isn't going to be just a oh yeah, this is one of those other little things you can do. Like this
3: is going to be a really. Really big deal for Chromebooks. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, let me ask you, Luke. Do you think uh, I've seen the benchmarks on the the Xe graphics and how they compare to like uh, like actual graphics cards? And they're okay. They're not great, but I mean, they're comparable to. Uh, some lower-end graphic cards that'll handle stuff like video editing, stuff like that. Is Do you think the AMD DGPU is going to be enough to handle just about anything gamers are going to have on Steam, or is it going to be limited to your lesser graphics-intensive titles?
1: Absolutely, yeah. That, that discrete graphics card, it's going to be able to play just about Everything. Well, literally wow. everything. I mean, um, even like newer high end games might need to tweak down settings a little bit, but you're still gonna be able to play that on like medium settings or something. Like, like this. This is gonna bring so much more power and performance than an integrated GPU ever could, which is which is just so exciting. And you know, for for me, um, I'm I I love Tiger. Like, I love that it it has provided. So much improvement over previous generations that you know. Talking about like the Acer Chromebook CX Nine, it's like this nice, lightweight Chromebook that has like a high end. Uh, you can get the i seven with the with the with the G seven graphics, which are basically the high end of, of Tiger Lake. Um, that really interests me as as a guy who, for work, I fly around all around my, my local area or or um, drive going road trips for through Colorado and stuff to meet customers, like that's awesome i love the fact that i could just just throw this this two pound chromebook into my backpack and then get to my hotel room open it up and play a little bit of, of minecraft or halo or whatever because uh, I, I you know when i'm on the go i don't need the max settings i don't care like i just i just want to have fun that that's what matters i want to have fun and you can do that on tiger lake which um you know even even if you can't afford or, or get that discrete gpu chromebook then um tiger lake i think it's still going to provide a solid experience
0: so for 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 someone listening who's like yeah all of this sounds amazing i want to be able to do this on my chromebook how close are we like what what what's realistic like we, you know because obviously we're on we're on the bleeding edge of of most things and we're always tracking you know the the smallest details but this seems like it, to me it seems close like we've gotten over that we this isn't quite bleeding edge anymore especially with the steam deck stuff so like how close do you do you think we are luke
1: to getting like borealis on chromebook yeah City full-blown
0: thing. playing games on a chromebook that scenario that you just described taking the cx9 to the hotel and playing playing halo
1: i think we are so close i mean i, I know we we had found a commit in the past talking about like uh, like October, November would be like the deadline mm-hmm. for like the like beta for Borealis, per se. And um, you know, I've been I've been playing a lot with building like Chromium OS, and um, I have identified that it's in Chromium OS ninety three that they finally added in everything you need to enable the Vulkan support, which is probably one of the most important components. So going back to that statistic of like eighty one percent of games work on. On, on Steam and uh, through, like, Proton and all, uh, you know, cut that in, like, half or something if you take out that Vulkan support because most games rely on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just... It's it's a it's a faster backend for Proton. It's it's more efficient. Um, it's, it's just in every way. It's just better than the old OpenGL renderer that they, they used to use. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I expect... To, you know, here's some news... Um, in the next few months, I mean, there's, there's gotta be something, uh, hopefully in like, uh, you know, Chrome OS, like 94 or something. I, wa- I I hope there's a flag or something that we can like switch on and like actually be able to download. Every
3: single day. <laughs> I check every day. I run <laughs> updates every day just to see,
0: you know, and it, it's so, so, sad. so the, um, when are they skipping? And is it 94 that's going to be like the restart? In and the, Oh, yeah. December? Could that be the time? Because it does seem like we've had all these pieces. Like we've had all these pieces that are all now kind of coming together. Um, and, and it seems like it's all kind of there now. So, it, it, I mean, obviously, it still work It feels really to do. close. There's still work Gosh, to probably to do. Yeah,
3: it, feel, it does feel as if with all the reset and the change in the update cycle and everything, Google has kind of pinned everything around this 94, 95 uh, milestone of Chrome OS. And that doesn't mean they'll hit that goal, but it feels like everything's kind of
0: channeling to that point. So... Well, maybe that, it's, that's my thought. Maybe September, it's, October. Maybe it's why Asus, you know, made made a Chromebook that had the, as, asdw uh, highlighted in orange. They just, know they, they used the, kind of <laughs> yeah, the, the wrong processor. I they put the wrong processor. I is going to make it.
1: <laughs>
2: I mean, I could see them like uh, it could they could work because sure. it actually has a little bit better um, you know integrated GPU than older Intel devices, but. It's nowhere near what Tiger Lake offers, obviously. Um, And they have their next set of processors that are coming out for Chromebooks, like the next wave of them, the Cezanne set of chips, uh, I think will be more in line with what Tiger Lake is doing. As long as they don't throttle them. We're talking about
0: Ryzen chips here, correct? Yeah, so
2: So as long as they don't do the whole 40% off of charge throttling garbage they do right now. Yeah. Not a fan of that at all
0: but it is exciting I and I do I do really feel like we're close and uh, obviously as we as we keep digging in and as Luke keeps learning more and un- un- uncovering more we're gonna keep writing about it so um, I think that's I think that's it for today Luke any any other kind of last comments on this uh, on this uh, Chromebook gaming conversation or anything else you want to talk about <laughs> yeah uh,
1: let, me, let me just uh, you know, I just want to briefly like recap some experiences with Proton. as a Linux gamer myself, it's it's been huge. You know, we're we all so thankful. We're such a niche audience of, of people who like want to see more games and get away from the the, the Windows Microsoft Overlord, if you will. And uh, you know, I, I briefly talked about I, I basically made like my own like distribution, Mac Linux gaming stick, for the sole purpose of uh, giving my my friend a flash drive. That has Linux. He can boot off to boot up on his Mac, and we can play games together again. And the experience hasn't been perfect, to be honest. And you know, I have to go in, troubleshoot, fix things. Um, but gosh, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see Valve step it up and, and make this commitment to polishing it, to making it a better out of box experience. Uh, to the fact that you know, uh, it this this is like. You know the, the Steam Deck and everything that's that's coming to Proton. Um, you know I, i've been I've been showcasing my friends all this stuff that's coming for the, the gaming supports like Chromebooks and everything, and everyone's excited. All my friends want to get one, and I'm just I'm just so hyped and just wait, ready for um, to see you know what how things are going to change in the next six months. Or that's that's the most interesting thing for me is this this journey we're going to go through for the rest of this year.
0: And it's, it's so funny. It's there, there's, there's, there's things like this that we've talked about, you know, on, on Chromebooks. It's like you look back and in in a year, we're going to look back and be like, man, remember, like, remember when we couldn't play Steam games on Chromebooks? Wasn't that weird? And, like, I hope when it launches, it just launches and it's perfect, right? And, like, I hope that it's one of those scenarios It, again. Does,
2: it does feel like lately some of the bigger features that have been launching on Chromebooks, they've taken their time to make sure it's, like, they're fully baked. Yeah. And then they, they give it to us. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. I think, again, looking at the, the general user that is going to pick up a Chromebook, they're not super tech savvy. They're not... Um, Researching and on the bleeding edge, they have no idea what issues. proton is. They, they have no idea. It what it yeah, is. Yeah, they <laughs> don't even know any of these things. They just if they're if they uh, are introduced with a toast or something and says, "Hey, try Steam games," and they're like, "Cool, I've heard of that." Or I bought a Steam a game on Steam a couple years ago on this one thing. Oh, I can do that here. Cool. They're going to double click it and they're going to click install. And it's just
0: going to work. And they might just use a couple, a couple like uh, big titles to promote it. Hey, play oh, whatever. Oh gosh, Guaranteed. play yeah. whatever on your Chromebook. Yeah, and they don't even they don't even know that Steam's powering it. They just click it and it opens it up, and you know. It, yeah, uh, my running. guess is they're still going to they're going to see a Steam interface. Yeah, they'll still have to like
2: lo- set it up
0: and yeah. everything, but uh, it, you know, they might use that title to promote it. Oh sure. You know. Yeah, it's sure. going to be
3: interesting to see how Google promotes this because we we've yeah. enabled the Borealis app on Chrome OS, and right now it's a it's a. Blue logo with a B on it, and it's called Borealis. Is that? Uh, it feels like th- that just feels weird.
2: That's a that's got to be a placeholder. There's yeah. no reason that they would. S- they just should just call it name. Steam. Uh, it's no different than they don't surface crustini right all over the place. It just says Linux, so you know?
3: I, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. But I would I would hope that they just replace it with a Steam icon mm-hmm. and people know that they click on that and it's launching whatever they need to run they don't need to know that it's a container they need to know any of that they click it steam launches they log in and do what and they then know they're just and like there they would do doing
2: windows and their libraries there they click it and it puts an icon in your tray for the for the game but it's also you can launch via steam as well like it's either way i that needs to be the way it works it needs to work just like it would if i was using steam on a windows laptop and and as long as they can do that and deliver that and the gameplay experiences what you would expect from the hardware you're using it on, um, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, it's going to finally be one of those things that people can stop saying, "Well, you can't do this on a Chromebook." Okay, that that's taken out. Now we need. And we've said it video a editing. thousand times. <laughs> some video editing. Someone, someone that makes a professional level video editing software. Do it in a container. Do the same thing. Build your custom container to right. leverage. Chromebook specific hardware and software, <laughs> and that's what uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's Luke enlightened. Yeah. Taking money from people. Luke enlightened
3: me on this. Uh, Vulcan has nothing to do with video editing. It's it's game specific, so I'm not. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's going to need to fully leverage OpenGL. Is that correct or OpenCL? CL, the, the Open
1: CL? the compute library.
3: Yeah, because right now it does act. It does leverage that, but it doesn't leverage it fully. Is that right?
1: Yeah, there's there's actually no pass-through support for okay. OpenCL. So they they add a pass-through for OpenGL, for Vulkan, they would have to then, this would have to be like a third thing, the open support for OpenCL. And if they can do that, there's already a bunch of amazing video editors yeah, out there yeah. on Linux that take full advantage of it. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like DaVinci d- yeah. res- Resolve,
3: it, right? resolve yeah. if yep. it would just be able to leverage that and recognize I mean, the, the GPU that's in and the that device. Ultimately, that's what's going to have to happen. Like, Google's going to have to decide just like they did
2: with this. Like when Borealis started, I mean, they made it public. Like it was like Google said, yeah, we're working with Steam to do this. And then they've left it since then. You know, I haven't said anything else about it, but they made that public. Figure out whoever it is, whether it's Da Vinci or if it's, you know, Adobe doesn't have anything running on Linux at this point. So I, I wouldn't see them being the right partner for this, but, it, you know, Lightworks somebody and say, hey, we're Damn. working with them to build out the container the right way so that we know you know all the pieces are in place, and if you use Crostini, and and it, it you can add the pieces you need for the, at least one particular video editor. Just work with that company to make sure that this is going to work. It's a one-click install, and video editing works for again yeah. for Chromebooks reasonably for the hardware you're using it on. I'm sitting looking at the Acer, you know, uh, Snapdragon Chromebook in front of me. Like I don't expect to edit big videos on a Snapdragon 7C Chromebook nine though. Yes. But if <laughs> yeah. I have something that's got a legitimate, you know, GPU, uh, whether it's integrated or discrete, it doesn't matter if if I've got enough horsepower here, I should be able to double
0: click that icon, install it from wherever you're going to send it to me from and, and Re- use it. Resolve would be amazing. I mean, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Blackmagic creates, yes, creates Resolve. Yes, absolutely. Resolve. Uh, I mean, hell, God, we're looking at the little Adam Mini Switcher that we have here. They are—they right. are fully. I mean, they have They're professional legit. level everything, like whether it's switchers and you yep. know, obviously the software. Their their um, color grading software that they have—I forget what it's called, but it might even just be built into Resolve. But I mean, they are legit, and that could be an awesome, awesome. Uh, a, a way to get video editing on a Chromebook? Because yeah, like you said, the, they they already have all their Linux stuff. So, right. Um, hey, I, uh, if anybody listen. from Black Magic is listening, please, yeah, get with Google, get figure with Google. it out. Get with Google, yeah. figure this out.
1: My my wife went to uh, film school and she, she has a degree oh, awesome. in, in film and and yeah, Black Magic was very prominent in in their classrooms and all. So mm-hmm. you know, it'd be pretty cool to think about you know having like Chromebooks be like given out to students as editing machines one day like that. Yeah. Would, wow
0: yeah like especially just for like i mean for the even the work that we do like yes like we have huge project files now and and we do these graphics and we do all this stuff in our videos now but it's still very very basic compared to uh even even just like an indie film or like a a very a very low budget movie that is done like Hmm. so so you think about youtubers and how many people are creating video now giving them a Chromebook and saying, hey, or in school, like, yeah, you know, somebody in school, hey, go take this Chromebook. And this is going to be what you're going to use to create some projects for class. You know, you don't have to come in and use the big iMac that's here. Like, you can just take this Chromebook and go and do it. So, um, exciting future. Um, and, and yeah, I think, uh all this work that is being done, uh, is, is all moving us, uh, to maybe that future. And it's it's always, you know, new technology that, that smart folks are figuring out. And I just hope that video editing is... It's got to be on the radar. It's got to <laughs> be the next step. I really... Yeah, I feel like I web,
3: web editing, I mean, it has its place. And there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do. I, until we live in a day and age where everyone has access to instantaneous uh, internet, yeah. no matter where you go, I just feel like it's it's kind of reached its... Yep. It, I yeah. mean there's more you can do with it if you do have a constant internet.
2: Yeah, unless, as long as you're unless, willing to wait
3: for that stuff to render. Unless
2: PWAs can get to the point where they're strong enough to deal with local files without having to upload, upload anything. Them. But the problem is that the software just isn't there for all the rendering that has to happen yeah. in basically what amounts to a web browser yeah. at that point. Like it needs
0: to leverage cloud computing
2: to do all that stuff and that's where the that's where yep. the hiccup comes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, you know, hopefully, you know, the work that they're doing on all of these containers and the work that they're doing with Boy Alice will, will, you never know what one little thing they might discover in that process or in that project that then leads to, oh, well, man, maybe we could do that for this. So that's my hope. But uh, folks, I think that's it for today. Luke, thanks so much for joining us, man. This was a fun conversation. Every time, every time I chat with you, I learn something. And I love that. <laughs>
1: hey thanks so much for for having me like on the team and um just here to geek out i mean it's i i you know i just love sharing the stuff so uh, you know it's it's a great experience so thanks again for having me
0: yeah absolutely man we'll 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 definitely try to have you back and uh have you on the podcast again but in the meantime you all can uh check out luke's work uh on our site so make sure to tune in over at chromabox.com. luke's going to be posting some cool stuff where he digs into uh stuff like this so definitely make sure to check out his work i also
1: um, have a um I just launched a brand new website um for my blog slash resume coming soon uh luke short dot cloud if you're interested i nice. in love out it, a little bit more about it.
0: <laughs> got the dot cloud we gotta get a dot cloud uh yeah i love that i love that luke if if anyone uh wants to to find you other places online obviously that that url is probably the best thing um but twitter anything else that you want to share here uh yeah you can find all my contact information on my website
1: but uh my normally my handle will be luke short cloud at luke short cloud so um you know if you have any questions to just chat geek out hit me up i'm always willing to talk if we got some free
0: time yeah love it love it all right folks that's it for today again big thanks to luke for joining us and make sure to check out his work on our website and over at his website um But yeah, we're going to try to link uh, uh, some of these articles that Luke's talked about, some of our previous articles we've written about some of this. We'll try to link all of that down in the description. But we appreciate you all tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. See you. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.